So you've applied to every arts grant under the sun But maybe all those YouTube plays are really just your mum You learn lines all night and wait tables by day Or maybe you've made it but can't help reading what the trolls have to say well, we say Thank you for sharing the things that you make Thank you for sharing the joys and the heartbreaks Thank you for sharing the darkness as well as the light Feel free to be funny, sarcastic or sad Or uncertain or exceedingly polite Honestly, honesty is the best policy Sharing your truth can bring love or hilarity Somebody listening might just begin to share too Thank you for sharing Welcome to Thank You For Sharing A podcast to open up conversations with artists and creatives about mental health and self-care This week, I'm talking to J.P. Rowden. J.P. is a fantastic actor that I've had the privilege of working with on multiple productions with Tea Break Theatre, of which we love being company members. J.P. has worked with numerous great theatre companies on UK and world tours. One of his first jobs was the role of Peter Pan in Peter Pan with Visible Fictions, for which he got brilliant reviews. And we discuss uh, what an incredible experience this was for him, taking the story to so many audiences across the country. He's worked at the Fimbra, performing in his first musical, Andy Cap, which I saw uh, and was brilliant. And his dream musical theatre role, FYI, if there's anyone out there who can make this happen, is Dr. Frankenfurter in the Rocky Horror Show. And I have seen JP in drag and she looks fierce, sensational. So I, I, I can see this happening like a dream. So if anyone out there, let's make it happen. Uh, so also other venues JP has performed at uh, Upstairs at the Gatehouse Newcastle Theatre Royal and he's worked with uh, fantastic companies such as Secret Cinema and the Lord Chamberlain's Men multiple times he also has a really strong comedy background he's performed in multiple improv groups that drew huge crowds up north and in London and uh, he's performed sketch comedy as well throughout his career Uh, very funny guy he yeah so basically He's a really good friend of mine. So it and it was such a joy and privilege to chat to him about his love of acting and storytelling and also delve into his experiences with depression and anxiety as we actually lived together during some really difficult experiences with both of our mental health which was really challenging uh but also hugely helpful in in learning from one another and then you know eventually helping each other to get the best support we needed at the time and um it's it's a time that you know even though it was really really difficult means a great deal to me that uh he was there and we were both able to kind of wake ourselves up to what we were going through um and uh, just to warn you as well we do touch on um the topic of suicide and and death uh, through uh, mental health difficulties and as always a list of support lines are on our show notes if you've been affected by anything we have discussed in our chats today 
Uh, I feel so lucky to call him a friend and, and a colleague professionally. And I'm really excited to share all his thoughts with you. So off we go. What was the first sort of creative path you discovered growing up? Like what led you to do what you do today? I think the first creative thing was that, well, my mum has always danced. She's a ballroom dancer. Yeah. And she was actually junior world ballroom dancer twice, I think, back in the 70s. Whoa. But she had, she had there, was a, there was a point in life where she could have gone professional, but I th- she decided to actually pursue having a family and yeah. uh, that became more important. But she always taught dance on the side. So I was a little dancer. For, Dancing uh, was fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was really, and I was quite good, you know. Yeah, I, I, I believe it. I inherited my mum's kind of natural rhythm and um, I also used to play some bits of music on piano and stuff. So I, I knew about mu- musicality and, and, and how to, you know, work my body within that and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. And I, yeah, I, I won a couple of little awards for dancing when I was a kid and That's stuff. So and then, cool. you know, the inevitable happened and peer pressure happened and, <sighs> and the boys were like, oh, you're dancing. Fuck, and I went, oh, I'm, I'm going to do karate instead then. So I did yes, karate I for saw that on your spotlight. Yeah. yeah. So, so, but yeah, still... But yeah, still a discipline, you know, discipline, it was a di- yeah, different yeah. discipline. I kind of wished, I mean, I, I really loved, I loved doing karate and I did Aikido as well yeah, um, for a while. So I really enjoyed doing them, but I do wish I'd continue more of the dancing. Hey, d- there's still time, mate. Could have been on Strictly. You, you still can. As one of the professionals. Oh. Can you imagine? I think it's more fun to be the celebrity that comes That's in, true, though, yeah. isn't it? Um, and and what was it a variety of styles was it Latin American ballroom so it was it was fairly wow. I mean whatever you see on Strictly is basically what I used to learn you know it was all um, wow. God Cha 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 and wow, Charleston and, yeah. and a little there was well I mean I, they've all gone out of my head now you know doing chassis and doodars and things yeah. Do do isn't the dance move, by the way. To make it should up. be. The it should be the do 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 da. The do 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 So I yeah, and I I really enjoyed. And I was good at it, and I enjoyed it. But I yeah, it, and, and, it, that crossroads in life, you, you you don't make the best decisions. I don't think. Well, uh, well, what I hope it well, I'm I this exudes from you now. I think is that it instilled quite a, a good level of confidence quite mm, young because mm-hmm. you have to have a lot. It's in a ballroom dance. You've got to be social. You, you, yeah. you learn how to be social very quickly yeah. because you're around a lot of adults. Mm-hmm. You know, because these are back in the days when the dance schools were basically also clubs. So you would be dancing in amongst adults, drinking and smoking and everything. But I quite loved that, you know. I remember one time hearing my name being called. I must have been about six or seven. And rushing to the dance floor because I'd been called. And I think I was, my mind had been taken. And I ran, and I ran so fast. I actually ran into a man's cigar in my, it went on my hand. And he was mortified. And I went, oh, it's all right. And I just couldn't, I didn't care, you know. I'd just been burned by this Cigar, but I was just so like in it. That's, I loved it. Yeah. I loved, but those, it seems like a bygone era now of those kind of clubs and things I used to go to when I was yeah. a kid in the north. Yeah, and that I always crave that when I go out to theatres. And I mean, and it's not specifically that, but it's um, 
it's a very relaxed, accessible community around whatever kind of art form is in place there. Do you mm, use that? Mm-hmm. So that yeah. sense of just like people at the end of their days, just relaxing and then they get to enjoy the dancing and all this different stuff. Well, it was the dancing and, you know, particularly <clears throat> back in the north, it's all kind of gone now. Was, you know, you go to the clubs and see a turn. You know, you go and see a singer or you'd see a comedian. Yeah. Usually quite, you know, sort of dodgy morals. Did you comedian. say a turn? Oh, yeah, call I it a turn. Go- a turn. Well, sometimes <laughs> but- we did see turns. <laughs> but like, even that term's not used that much anymore. No, doing a turn. That's really yeah. inspiring. Like, you know, you could, you're saying to me, like, oh, you wish you'd continue dancing. You could do a turn of a dance now. Like, yeah, it's yeah. Like, do your turn. It inspires you to push yourself out of your comfort. Absolutely. Well, it, was, it, was a, it was like, you know, variety was, I think, almost dead by then, but it was still going a little bit in the 90s yeah. in the North. So yeah. when you go and you go and see a comedian, see a magician, uh, <laughs> all of the Christmas parties were held in clubs, working men's clubs. So, uh, yeah, it's, um, and there's still, there's still some that are there, but a lot of them have closed down now. And it's, yeah. I don't know, one day I think I'm going to make a documentary about it. Are you? Yeah. yeah it means quite a lot to you. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we look forward Clubland. to seeing that one at Clubland. Um, and so, and so then when did the acting come in? The, the kind of, yeah. I did a, there was the, um, at school, of course, I was at a Catholic school, and we would do Harvest Festival, oh. and you'd become a you know a turnip or something, and you know nativity. Very cool. Were yeah. you a turnip? You In the nativity? Yeah. No, I, I'd, I'd graduated to uh, I think I don't know sheep by then or something. I turned Very from cool. vegetable into animal. Excellent. That's a great. I, I never got to play Joseph though, or anything like that, and yeah. Jesus was well out. But you're so, the character actor on the side, man. I think I always imagined myself playing, you know, Mary or something. But, you know, I, I, don't, nice. I never quite got that far. But then eventually, um, the school, for the first time in a long time, I don't remember many plays going on in my primary school, but mm-hmm. they'd done... I was in the last year of primary school, and they were doing a production of Bugsy Malone. I can so see you in Bugsy Malone. Well, you say that, but oh. I... I and I was one of the only ones who, I guess, you know, it was like, so we're going to do Bugsy Malone. They showed us the film. We all love the film. Yeah. For the kids, you know, with the splurge guns and all that. Absolutely. Great film, if you've ever seen it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we loved that. And then there was like, so who who wants to play what? And it was silence. This happened in high school as well. Yeah. And I went, you know, being the ex-dancer, yeah. whatever, I was like... I will play Bugsy Malone. I'd like to play Bugsy Malone. Mm. Good for you. And they were like, great. So I thought, fantastic. There you go. Easiest audition ever. Yeah. Got the main role. And then they took me aside one day and said, actually, we know, and they're very good at dressing. They were very kind. They said, we think that you are going to be far better with words. And I was like, okay. And the way they were doing it was, it was almost like, the action within Bugsy Malone was almost going to be like a like a dumb show with little bits of things happening. Okay. But the singing would be live, but the rest of it would be narrated, and then they would be acting it out. So they said, we think you would be a good narrator. Okay. Which I was very disappointed with. But then I thought, well, I've got more lines than anyone else. So I thought, well, I'll just do that. Then. Yeah. So I was the narrator, and it was a very, you know, what at the time was it one of the better looking lads got Bugsy Malone. So it's my first thing of, you know... You're not that beautiful, kid. Oh, so, no. Boo that. I say boo that now, but at the time I was like, well, there you go. What are you going to do? <sighs> so anyway, so I did the thing, and there was just one moment where... It was an improvised moment, actually, because yeah, I'd forgotten I my... I'd for, yeah, I'd forgotten a line. It was at yeah. the very end of the play, mm-hmm. and I had to say something like... One of, the, one of the lines was, oh, and Tallulah went to a convent and became a nun. That was how it was written. That was the joke. Yeah. Which most nights used to get a laugh... And then one night I just saw this this, uh, this this older lady that I knew from church or whatever. 
uh, in the front row. And I said, and Tallulah went off and became a nun. Little laugh. And then I turned to the lady and went, only joking, madam. And that got a huge laugh. And I don't know where it came How from. How old are you? How old are you? Oh, I don't know, about 11, 10, That's 11. amazing, yeah. And it was just a moment where I don't know what it was. I think I would, I'd forgotten what the next bit was. So to fill in, I just I just came out and I knew this lady. So I just thought, oh, I'll just say, only joking, madam. But obviously something to do with the timing of it, the yeah, fact that yeah, I was yeah. saying madam and I was little and, and all that. And it's quite mature. And like, they, they were saying thing. about dancing and yes. this earlier and then be like, yeah. yeah. You, you kind of had that pizzazz of there the was variety an adult, shows. Yeah. yeah, there was an adult sense about it. Cool. So I, yeah, and I, did, and then I got that laugh and I think that laugh is basically what then I went, oh, this is good. This is this is nice. I like this. Yeah. This feels good. Yeah. So that was it. That laugh kind of hooked me into one. And then it was, of course, it was many years after that that I got into secondary school, started doing the plays there. And then it just, I met a wonderful woman who's become my mentor. Um, Great. Angela Parnell, who encouraged Woo-hoo! me. Yes, yes, Angela. Absolutely. Brilliant, Thanks, brilliant Angela. woman who was, uh, yeah, who was very instrumental in, in getting me where, where I am now. So, yeah, that, that, that sparked the whole thing. Yeah. Amazing, uh, and I've heard because I listen to a lot of like actor podcasts. It is yeah. there's similar stories like that, and it is it's uh, unleashing this um, this this freedom and this relaxation in public, and then becoming other characters and seeing the power in that. And and so I, I guess that leads me on to um, ask like some. I know this is a really tough question, but I'm just mm. always interested if like if you think back on the jobs you've done, like some some moments uh, or just particular characters or th- uh, things where you've gone yeah that just make you smile <laughs> there was yeah when I the, you mentioned Peter Pan yeah. in the introduction which is very kind mm. um, and, I wish I'd seen it wish I knew you then mate ah well yeah so my, that was my first I was 21 my first job out of drama school nice. pretty good job to have very good job yeah touring some lovely theatres around uh Great Britain, mainly in Scotland. It was a Scottish-based theatre company called Visible Fiction, who are brilliant, and everyone needs to see their yeah, work. They're, they're still, still going. going. Fantastic. I was going to ask that. Um, and and I remember, well, it's a bit gross as well, but I remember basically uh, vomiting before going on. Oh no! For the first performance. Oh bless. I was very nervous. Yeah. It was the the press night was basically what well, I say night. It was the morning show because it's a kids show. Yeah. So the press show was the first show I mean can you imagine oh no and who likes press and this is my professional stage debut essentially oh my god in a place called The Bridge in uh, Easter House, mm. which is actually uh, quite a, a, an impoverished part of Glasgow. Okay. But one of the brilliant things about Visible Fictions is they bring theatre to kids that can't afford to go and see things at like the Lyceum or the Sits or go and see shows elsewhere in, in yeah. Scotland. And actually it was a really nice little thing that they built for the community. Wow. And we got to, that was our first performance, you know. We knew that The Guardian were in and ah. all this stuff. And I think I had a banana just before... You know, going on, and, and our, our director Dougie was giving a really nice speech about you know just trust the work, and I'm just like trying to suppress this banana that sat about in my chest level. <laughs> oh God! So I had to go and get rid of that. Yeah. And then there's a bit before I it, there was a, the, the the other four actors in it were narrators at, at, at the start that would become characters, mm. and it was only me that was Peter all the way through mm. as a kind of continuity thing. Mm-hmm. And so I was waiting behind the curtain to go on, and I was hearing them do their bit mm. and there was the moment before I stepped out 
as Peter, kind of, it was in front of a light. You so it looked flying, like, like I wasn't flying. No, no, no. <laughs> the way you it was, a, can imagine? Yeah, I yeah. was dropped on a, on a winch. <laughs> oh, um, no, but it was, it was very cleverly worked out before and it was all done with lights and yeah, trickery. Yeah, yeah, very yeah. clever. It was like magic yeah, stuff. Yeah, I've been reading about them. Yeah. They do sound amazing. Amazing stuff. And, um, so it was just before I would step out as a start, my legs appear in front of this light. So you don't see me, but you see the legs appear and they know it's Peter, mm. you know. And there was a little bit before that where Tinkerbell was this light, uh, controlled by one of the actors like it was a kind of a I was born still but I guess it was like a a, a pen light what are they call like a I, is that what they call pen light I'm gonna uh, in front of a kind of prism so she had different I'm... moods and things <laughs> that she could do such a good idea and when she appeared all of the children just there was a gasp and then there was a laugh and in that moment I thought I've just kind of well I've just brought this banana up and now I kind of want to cry because it was like this this lovely moment and they were all with us right from the start and they were a brilliant audience. And then I, yeah. and then I stepped out and it, the reactions just got better and better because, you know, Peter Pan's appearing. Yeah. And I just thought, God, yeah, this is good. This is a good production and what, I don't know why, I, I know why I was nervous, but it just, then it all went, all the nerves went and I just loved it. And that it brought you out of your head, like, uh, yeah. and I think I'll always remember like a turning point for me uh, in drama school, like dealing with nerves and stuff. Uh, and then I used to like preach it to everyone. I was like, "It's not this thing." Like remembering, like making, recognizing that the audience want you to transport them somewhere else. Like they're rooting for you, and if you can, then you heard that reaction, and then you're like, right, all I've got to do is just live in this world. Absolutely. You're very lucky if you stumbled across an audience where every one of them sitting there going, oh, go on, entertain me then. <laughs> Some comedy nights, mate. Well, comedy oh, nights. Comedy nights. Comedy nights we all know about. <laughs> but then that, I think that's really good for you as well. It's a really yeah. interesting thing. But that's, that's wonderful. Oh, what a great story to like... To have had to have that opportunity. Do you think about? Do you ever? Does that come up in your brain? If you ever, because you know, nerves come and go all the time in our careers. I'm like, nervous now. I'm nervous. This sort of <laughs> thing makes me nervous. way more nervous. Yeah. But no, yeah, and I've I've had bouts of stage fright, and like, and I think people forget that about professionals. They think, oh no, oh no, you go on stage all the time. Like why? But I've got to say, the concept of stage fright utterly terrifies me. Yeah. It terrifies me in, I, into be, into yeah. not, it not happening somehow. I think because I've never I've never yeah. had it. Yeah. But the thought of it, because I know it's very possible, yeah. you know, bloody, I mean, Ian Holm had it famously, Laurence Olivier, Anne-Marie yeah. Duff, a lot of, I mean, I'm certainly not anywhere near them, but it's like, if they've had it, then why wouldn't it affect any of us, you know? And, yeah. and, and, and I think and I, the, the concept of going on stage and thinking, I don't know who I am, I don't know where I am, I don't know what I'm doing here, all I feel is ill. Yeah, and I, I've my balance is gone. Yeah, yeah, and I now have to maybe address the audience and say I'm very sorry, I got to leave. Yeah, that absolutely terrifies me. Yeah, the concept. But of you're it. saying it terrifies you to the point where touch wood, it hasn't affected. Touch wood has to me. I mean, I've had moments where I've forgotten lines, sure thing, yeah. and I've had moments where scenes have kind of almost broken down. <laughs> where I've had five actors all corpsing at once and all that kind of stuff, yeah, which is yeah, not yeah. good. But somehow, I don't know. I've always felt like I've got this net and I don't know where this net is or where it comes from in my in my psyche yeah but I even with Shakespeare which is very prescriptive or can be in terms of what you say because mm. if you lose one bit of rhythm you can lose the whole thing mm. but I don't know what it is I just this thing this little net this it's there somewhere and I hope it never goes yeah. because there's just something that tells me whatever happens yeah it will be all right and you will find a way to either skip a bit or get through or you've done improv I mean I've done much to the 
you know, the anger of probably some audiences reading their books, uh, reading their plays, Shakespeare improvised. Amazing. In order to just get to that bit that I do know and then you can kind of get back. Yeah, well, that's half the job, isn't it? It's part of your defence mechanism. But, yeah, uh, I think what stage fright is, is that little safety net is gone. Mm. And you then have got nothing to... To grab onto the, the, you know, you 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 stumbling around the stage, yeah. going, I don't know where, I don't know what's going on, but that has yeah. never happened to me. Touch wood yet, and I hope it never does. Yeah, and I think uh, f- like mindfulness is a really good thing in those moments as well. Like mm. of just because I think it can be a, like a floating away from your body, and then if you like root yourself into like, ah, I am sitting and. And actually, I think your story about the audience of, of like, changing the concept of, like, uh, the narrative in your head of being like, oh, no, like, what if, what if? And actually just thinking, well, their narrative is probably very few, far away from that. Like, I don't know. It's I think it's a it's an interesting challenge. But that and that leads us on to talk about our brains, Jake. Oh, yes. Our yeah, lovely brains. Because, brains. Yeah, we... Uh, this is one of the reasons I've been really excited to interview you mm. because we lived together. We did, yeah, a couple of years ago, and both had really tough times with our mental health. We did, yeah, and yeah. Uh, and I feel uh, and I and I hope you agree, like because I I see it from you and like that we've both come a long way since then. Bloody too right, yeah. And I'll be, and I've said this too many times, and I'll say again that I'm eternally grateful for the support and the way you, watching how you managed what you were going through, and uh, and also supporting me in a difficult decision when I actually had to ask you to leave. Yes, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, and I, I, I feel really glad I can even talk about it now because mm. I was really upset about that, <laughs> but like yeah. for obvious reasons because I didn't want to have to do that. But that was a signal to me of how difficult I was finding life um, mm. that I, uh, I, I had to, I had to make that decision in the end. So, but ultimately, you do. I mean, this will come up time and time again, but you do have to look after yourself. You know, well, in, in the yeah. most non-selfish way possible, you do have to. Your health is above everything. Is yeah. important. Yeah. And I never um, ever felt bad about you asking that of me, and I would never anywhere. And the reason why I was, you know, able to to get through what I did was also because of you. I think there was definitely a mutual help, even though we didn't quite see it at the time, because I can't, you can't see anything at the time. Well, we were both so, yeah. So it's it's tough, you know. Yeah. It's tough. And just to clarify, I didn't just say, JP, go out. Go out, JP, fuck up. <laughs> out the street. You were going on a tour, and it was coming up to, to talking about, and it was in someone else's house. Um, yeah, but and I was already, yeah, I think you probably can tell, I was having moment thinking of, of, of moving on anyway. Absolutely, and, I, and was, I was as well. Yeah, yeah we both were, you know, yeah. getting out, and it was to tell you what, folks. It was a lovely house. Uh, where we you know, and we, it, we, it, it just whatever happened happened, and that's what you, you know. It's, JP it's no one's fault. Is an awesome house, mate. Like so is I Jay. remember, I always remember uh, one thing that stands out of watching a Black Mirror, and I oh, had yeah. this really unexpected emotional reaction on the episodes. And San Gennaro was it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I remember like you turning to me, and I just sobbed, and you just like holding me while I sobbed. I just didn't know why. Um, yeah. yeah, we watched a lot of lots of varied things. Yeah, I think yeah. we watched that and then an episode of Only Fools and Horses or something. Excellent. Yeah. Uh, I think that I think you should always plan to have something quite chilled after a very because Black Mirror gets more brutal, more brutal. Oh yeah, yeah, terrifying. Um, so 
In terms of mental health, yes. Uh, when uh, did um, you first become aware that um, uh, that you were struggling in uh, different ways? Was it something that? Because um, I've spoken to lots of people about this already, and mm. I remember um, uh, Lisa, who's a playwright, um, she was saying, you know, when she was younger, like she she would start to feel um, she suffers with depression and yeah. would start to feel like this sense of kind of emptiness um and she and she just didn't have words for it and so trying to trace it back and so for me personally i know that anxiety yeah. uh being afraid has been quite a constant part of my life and so i can track that back to uh I, so i'd be interested to know for you uh what what stands out in terms of well wor- worry is is, a, is, worry. A, is the okay. word i think is that the thing yeah, yeah. and i and i it's it's something that I've always had. I mean, I've always kind of been a person... Yeah, in this profession, you sort of live off your, your anxiety anyway. And I did. And I kind of, at one point, found it quite thrilling to sort of be, what am I doing next? I don't know, but I quite like it. Like a masochistic kind of... Yeah. You know, and you're always trying to figure out how you're going to, you know, get the next paycheck in and do the, you know, get the next drink in, or you might want to go out and treat your friends or whatever it might be, or you might want to just go out for yourself. Or then, you, you know, you when you're a single man as well, or a single person, sorry, you go out and you want to, you don't want to miss anything. So you're anxious about missing things. You then you don't really have the money to facilitate it, but then you, you kind of almost kind of love living this strange existence of sometimes you have a normal job, sometimes you do an acting job. You might then go away. You don't see friends for a while. You come back, you see your friends again. They, so you constantly shift. There's like tectonic plates shifting all the time. And that is quite an anxiety-inducing existence. Mm-hmm. And that part of it was good for a while. Mm-hmm. When I look back to my childhood, I was a worrier. Mm always worried about things mm. and I get that from my dad mm-hmm. um, my mum was always far more chilled about things mm. and my dad was always the one about what we're going to do about this and what we're going to do about that and, you know, yes. are you what ringing me up are you alright are you safe you know, cared. ultra planning ultra yeah. planning but very you know wanted to make sure everyone was okay and, but in a nice way but sometimes in a constricting way and I think that I remember there was a point where a new company had taken over my dad's work and my dad you know he worked at a chemical plant right and he started at the bottom and managed to get himself to a more I guess a managerial level. He had an office and stuff like that eventually, but he started right at the very bottom. And, you know, he'd always had a wore a uniform and he was a worker. You know, he was a working class bloke. He was a worker and and, and that's what he did. But he worried money was a concern because he never had any growing up and he saw the strain that put on his family. So when this new company took over in the 90s, late 90s, you know, there was a real fear that they might just get rid of a bunch of workers, which my dad was one back then. Mm -hmm. So I do remember this feeling... And they were quite open about it. Whether they should have been as open as they were, I don't know. But I was very worried about that. On edge, yeah. Yeah, and that was not my thing to worry about, really. I would have been provided for no matter what. And he would have found a job, but I was very concerned. And I think people underestimate how much children worry for their parents. Oh, yeah. I was all... I heard... I picked up on everything. Every argument, every worry, every... You know, because it was... Even, you know, in a fairly small house in, in, in the north, everyone talks. And it's like... I heard a lot and I worried about everything. Yeah. I don't think they realised I was that bad. I mean, no, you know, no. and, and I've also mentioned I was a Catholic. I've since lapsed. Yes. <laughs> quite significantly. <laughs> uh, and, um, you know, I got to the confirmation stage and everything, and then I just, it wasn't for me. Right. So, and I don't... And people supported I, you in that? Yeah, yeah, well, my family yeah, yeah. were only ever 
you know, toe dipped in the water religious, yeah, can I just yeah. say. Yeah. I think they did a song getting to a good school. Although, um, should I admit that in retrospect? Because um, they might take all my qualifications back. Um, but no, no, no. I know. But I got in, but I, I think, because I, the two of the best schools in the area were St. Joseph's Catholic School and St. Michael's Catholic School. Yeah. And St. Michael's, you know, when I was there, was absolutely top-notch, brilliant. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, just a state school, but was like I say, Angela Parnell was there, a man called Eddie Curran, and all these teachers did wonderful things, always winning awards, always doing stuff, and for a little comprehensive in the North East. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Pretty remarkable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think my dad knew that, and he went there when he was a kid. Oh, nice. So it was all a bit of a family thing going on. So they were, you know, and I think he did believe in God, but I think there was also a sense of um, being upheld in the community a bit more and showing a sense of willing going to church and all this stuff. But I would, you know, unfortunately, I, the church I went to is a bunch of, you know, a bunch of God-botherers in there. I was like, God-botherers, I mean, you know, people who are on the way out, shall we say. Okay. Lots of older people who were God-fearing. Ooh, well, that brings worry and fear back into the <laughs> Absolutely. So it was all about, you know, and I got told the whole thing about every time you commit a sin, it's a black mark on oh, your soul shit. and you got to go to confession. Oh, guys, and it was this the... needs, you need to change the books, man. Well, to be fair, I mean, you know... Um, I know, I, I've known people who are Christian since then, I've known people who are yeah, Catholic, yeah, and yeah. it's very different. Absolutely. Very, very different now. It's a community, people go there and they yeah. celebrate, they don't yeah. go there and, and, and commiserate. No, and they um, tie it into what they know works. They tie it into what they know works, it's about helping people, it's, yeah. it's young, old, black, white, it doesn't matter. Yeah. Everyone is in there, yeah. and it's fantastic. Yeah. And it's about singing and music and celebration, it's, it's great. And yeah. uh, well, it was not like that when I was there. It was, you know, yeah. one old bloke playing the organ, I mean the instrument. Um, whilst the rest of us kind of went, you know, these wobbling. Everyone's so tense. Oh, it's awful. Absolutely. Just tension and and the fear of God and and, and, and punishment. But so in, so as you then grew into becoming an adult Mm. um, and and you entered into this career um, Mm. and like you said, there were aspects of um, the the job that that, that kind of um, provoked and kept those things going in a way that felt useful to you at the time yeah so um what were the moments where that didn't become useful and you really started to notice it was I had moments I had moments in my life uh, where I think maybe looking back actually funny enough that it could have tipped over into something worse Mm. but for whatever reason I managed to pull it back Mm. either I was distracted by something or I got a job or I I had to go I had to be something for someone else maybe or functioning can be used as a term to sometimes like do you know what I mean so that then doesn't get the problem. I think, you know, like, you know, you, you hear about fun- functioning alcoholics. Oh, yeah, yeah, I think yeah. I was probably like a functioning anxiety person oh, for a while. <laughs> for years. For years and years and years. And, it, it, and I think eventually that builds up. But there was a time, there was just this time when there was a lot of changes. I moved out of a place I'd lived in for seven and a half years with a friend oh, of yes, mine. Yeah, yeah. And then I moved out of there to live with you because yeah. I just wanted to, you know, it'd been a long time. I wanted to get out. And I also just started a new long-term relationship. Yeah. Which is still With going, I'm pleased to say. Person. Yeah, amazing person. And so I, there was two big changes there. Then there was also... Um, combined with the fact that I was with an agency that all of a sudden just stopped talking to me or they were just they were in their own problems and then no one knew about it. And things would just seem to have ground to a halt, career-wise. And I didn't know what was going on. And uh, so, of course, then money was becoming scarcer. And then so there were there were, I guess, some tangible things. But the anxiety I felt about those were way out of proportion yes, to yeah, yeah. what 
I guess what you might say, a normal, quote unquote, normal brain might just go, okay, these are problems right now, yeah. but I'm going to do this, this, and this. To, and in the past, I managed to combat, you know, everyone's got money worries if it's an actor. I'm sorry. Yeah. Unless you're very lucky. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, it's not a new thing. Yeah. We've all got financial worries yeah. all the bloody time because you live hand to mouth and then it's, it's feast or famine. Mm-hmm. And if you're lucky, you know, it's a feast. <laughs> if you're lucky. Yeah. It's, a, you know, a moderate meal and famine. Um, <laughs> so, so you, you kind of go between those two things and I, that was fine before, but I was, there was just something that was stopping me sleeping about it. I was yes, eating. Yeah. The anxiety had gotten, it was just incremental. It was building up and up and up and up and up and up. And before you know it, all of a sudden, you're just this, I was just, well, you saw me. I was just this, uh, but and you know, and sleep is very important to me. I've always been a good sleeper. I could always sleep no matter what, you know. And that was started off being I would wake up in the middle of the night, wouldn't be able to get back to sleep, so I might get about five hours. Decreased to getting to sleep and waking up earlier and getting four hours and then not being able to sleep, tossing and turning, not being able to sleep. And then you know, then it would start then it starts to take a toll on your waking hours. Yeah. Because you're not sleeping enough. And I need sleep. I'm one of these people who needs at least eight hours. Yeah. And I was, and it was, you know, I was waking up going, oh God, I just feel awful, right? Okay, I'm gonna, have, I've, you know, I've, and then it's getting harder and harder to do things like make a cup of tea. I know it's when the really you know, simple things, really simple. Huge. I mean, it was like my body was getting slower, and it was, you know, and it is, you know, that's why Ruby Wax talks about the fact that mental health is a dreadful term for it because it's not mental; it's bloody physical. Oh, it, and your brain, your is brain's physical. an organ. For <laughs> fuck's sake, you yeah, know, you it's, know it's, 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 and it affects everything else. Yeah, absolutely. And I've had flu, and I've had uh, yeah. when I was a kid bad things to do with my kind of respiratory system. I've had operations. And, and nothing, I've never felt anywhere near as bad as I was feeling in, in those times, you know, when I was getting there. Yeah. And it was, yeah, it was, it, I think the, the worry about money, the worry about work, I became obsessed with other people getting work and me not getting any. Mm-hmm. Why wasn't my agent talking mm-hmm. to me? Oh, I've got to go back and do this shitty job. I don't want to do that. That's awful. I've gone backwards in life. You're going mm-hmm. backwards. You're nearly 30. You're going backwards. And this is all these and voices this is... in your head and they're all becoming toxic. All becoming yeah. toxic. Not yeah. a single thought I had eventually was good. I know. And I, I've been there, mate. I think something that really helped and inspired me as we both were kind of going through these troubles and and because i was going to ask you as well like when mm. you, through all that because you can you can survive through that for quite a long time before then the moment goes fuck i need help yes um but what i was really uh, yeah inspired me you you were always quite honest and you would come to me and you would be like i, I don't know what's happening jen i don't know what's happening like and um, eventually i was for a while i didn't say anything Okay, well, there you go, you see. And you see, and you don't I... see that. No. Because, uh, yeah, obviously, yeah. we were just new housemates and, yeah. and fairly new yeah. kind of friends, really. And probably, um, and I, th- I think I remember even the time you moved in, I was like... I, was I remember you telling... Yeah, you told me that the night, the day, the, the night I came over to oh, see the place... Oh, that night, I was... That you oh, weren't yeah. well, and I, I wouldn't have known there. a thing. I wasn't there. You were so good at hiding it, I wouldn't have known a well, thing. That's, that's what you, you ended know, up doing. I, don't think, I just don't think I was as good at hiding it as you were, Jen. I think I can believe you know and I uh, that just shows an, another example about all these you know illnesses when they mm. get bad is that it can be so amplified in your own head and the person next to you does have a clue the amount of times I've apologised yeah. for like my behaviour which I don't endorse by the way you know because you shouldn't you shouldn't you know, have to apologise no, it's just what no, you're going through but you know? it happens obviously yeah. and like people are like I don't 
like you seem fine. You're okay. Like yeah. yeah. Jen, what's wrong? You yeah. yeah. But you you started this spiral in me where I was like, I have. You know, I. Uh, it's okay to turn to somebody and go. I I'm not sure what's happening. Yeah. Eventually, I did. I because you, you were. I, but because you're a great person, of course, but also ge- geographically, you were right there. You were right there on, yeah. of a morning when I'd wake up having had eventually two yeah, or one hour yeah. sleep, and the rest of it was all just me worrying, just lying in bed, waiting. And I'd see those first slats of light come through the um, oh. and go, Oh, another day's beginning, and I haven't slept. And that feeling of utter joy, because that's when anxiety then does turn into depression, because then right. you start to get very sad about the fact that this is happening and you yeah. then don't want to eat. You don't want to do anything. So you kind of, you're once you're churned up and completely apathetic to everything at the same time, it's a very bizarre thing yeah. and you kind of want to be around people, but then you can't bear to be around them because you're not yourself. Yeah. So you're in this weird limbo state where you want to be around people, but you don't want to be around people. Yeah. So, the, and, and you know, being alone is dreadful. Being in company is dreadful. And yeah. I, you don't. It, it's all. It's just. Yeah. It's awful. And you don't know what you want. But I, the reason why I talk to you is because I also I gathered that you'd been through your own stuff. Yeah. In the past. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, but, so, and then in the present. And in the present. Sorry. Yeah. And the then present. I probably would have been. I, I'm sure I would have been lying about it to myself and you at yeah. the time. So. And that's why I think that's why I eventually just thought. And then it was it was yourself and uh, I. You know, it, it's funny. You, you look back and you see these people that revealed themselves to you who you never suspected also had been through stuff. Mm. Friends who I thought were like, what you think then is, oh, I thought they were really strong. Of course, then you realise nothing to do with strength. It's all of a bullshit. It's, 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 you know, yeah. the strongest people I know have been through the worst times yeah, with yeah. their mental health. So it's like you, you, you learn all this stuff. This yeah. education happens. And I think that's a good mindset to have through it all. Yeah. Definitely. It's opened my mind up, I tell you. Um, tough. It's tough. Lie. And then when you hear the friends say, you know, I had that a couple of years back really badly. And I thought, why didn't you, why didn't you tell me? He's like, well, I didn't tell anyone. Like, oh, right. Yeah. Okay. Didn't know. Another friend of mine, uh, I won't mention names just in case they don't no, want to no, be no, no. but it's like, you know, they came and they say, oh, oh God, you know, talk about it. And then my, I will mention one person, which is my good friend, Chris Lane, who then... Yes, Chris! Who said, who said to me, I met up with him and, and I described it and he said, I, I know exactly what you're going through. The symptoms are all there. I'm going to stay here. You go make a doctor's appointment now. Oh. Make the... Phone them. I'm going to say, I'm not going to go anywhere till you do it. Phone them up. Get an appointment. So I did, and wow. that was the first step. Because I didn't, I, I don't want to go near doctors. Doctors don't understand. I don't understand. So how they're going to yeah, understand? Yeah. I don't want to do. I don't want to take pills. I don't want to. You know, yeah, it was all yeah. this fear about yeah, you know yeah, yeah. approaching what was actually the problem. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. your mind isn't thinking in the right way. Yeah. So I made the doctor's appointment, and then he was going to come with me, but unfortunately something came up, so he couldn't. So you came with me. Yeah. Yeah, and I was offered to take antidepressants, and I terrified me because I was. Ill educated on that as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. As who is, if yeah, you're not you know, yeah. within that. And I put off taking them. You know, I thought, well, maybe I'll just continue with this counselling. Well, the truth is. And you had gone back to the her as well. I did some counselling. The truth is, if you're that churned up, you can't do counselling. You can't. I, well, I, I well, couldn't. Yeah, I think every everyone's, everyone's different, different but every I, could, I couldn't do counselling because I was so. like, a, like an anxious zombie. Yeah. 
I need. I, I wasn't taking anything in. I wasn't. I couldn't listen to anyone. I couldn't oh, do mindfulness. I couldn't do cognitive behavioral therapy. At that point, yeah. I couldn't do it. I would not have gone in because yeah, yeah. I was just. It yeah. got down to no sleep. You'd stop functioning. Yeah. yeah, I stopped functioning as a person, as a human, and anything yeah. else. And I went. Then it was weird. I went back for Christmas where there was a hiatus. I felt a lot better. Mm. And I thought, oh, maybe I'm okay again. Then I came back to London and it just got worse. It plummeted. And it got to the point where I think I'd done about seven or eight days of no sleep. You never told me that. That, that was, well, that day when I went home to the north, that yeah. was the culmination. That was the, that was the seventh day of oh, no sleep. Oh, it was. Oh, yeah, sorry, that was after Christmas. Cause I just that was think, after, that was after then Christmas. That, and yeah. that, you made that decision. I remember you, I always remember you coming to me and, uh, and you, like, you like, I have to... I have to go. Yeah. I have to go. And that. I spoke to a friend of mine on the phone yeah. that day after, you know, and I, it was just, I was walking around the South Bank just like, you know, a but, complete nutter. And I was going to say about Chris as well, what an amazing. That, that oh, he was of, great, yeah. That being present. And I think, like, it's like. And he, you know, he really helped. And you helped, a lot yeah. of people helped to, not, I say save your life, but you know what I mean by that. Well, they, I don't under, I mean, I say that about people to me. I'm just. Uh, yeah, yeah, they helped save your life. We'll just say it then. Yeah. They helped to save your life. Life saving. Yeah, life savers. People can be life savers. And, yeah. um, and the, the my friend David and and you know lots of people who who rallied around and and really did their best to to and, and I'm not saying they understood because who does but oh, they yeah. did their own thing you know yeah. my family when I just suddenly said to my mum she know she knew I was going through some yeah. stuff and obviously uh, there's, there's a, a slight precursor this was my father um, went through very bad yeah. mental health stuff um, which led to his untimely death unfortunately. Yeah. Um, and it was what I think then, you know, he didn't kill himself, but it was definitely a sort of death by misadventure type thing of, of drinking too much whilst on medication. And, yeah. you know, it was a bad day for him and it turned even worse when his life was lost that day. So I, I, I there is there is family history of, of this kind of stuff. And again, we mustn't underestimate how, you know, even only a few years ago, like people were not talking about this sort of thing. Like, I mean, now it's, 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 it's almost, you know, tenfold what it was 10 years uh, ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And of course, I think when I was going through it as well, I was like, I felt guilty about that. Could I have done more? And, you, you know, you just end up... You, you, know, you just go. You go. You go through this. This. Our stuff. brains do funny things to us. And it's yeah. it's something which you know. And I'll never get over that. I think you can definitely. It doesn't mean if you. If you and by the way, when I say I never get over it, I don't mean yeah. that my life's going to be a a, a, a dismal no, path of suspicion and, and horribleness. Yeah. But it it does mean that you can learn to live with it and actually learn from it. Exactly. So I think exactly. it's an awful thing to have happened to to anyone, and I know many people have it happened to, whether it be friends, family who lost someone because of mental health problems. And um, I think that person did what they did at the time because they were in so much pain and it's an awful thing to, to think about. But I think that in the present, you've got to learn as best you can from what they went through and, and, yeah. and everything else. And I think that is what I am learning, still learning, about yeah. my dad's death. I think yeah. I think you think when you're... I was 20 when it happened. So you think when you're younger, oh, I've gone through, I've cried a bit and, um, you know, let's get on with it. Yeah. That's not how it is, and you, yeah. when you grow up yeah. more, and you realise, I've got, I haven't got my own children, but friends of mine are having children, and you start to learn from them, and you go, yeah. oh, you, all these these circles of life, to quote the Lion King, um, always, always, are are the circles that we all live in, and we all have to try and learn from each other. I think that what going through mental health issues and seeing other people go through it is, is that it opens one's mind up. So now, if I hear about anyone having anything like that yeah. I don't rush in and go let me sort it but I, I go you know what I'm here yeah. any time well and th this is the the crux of 
I have a particular illness uh, responsibility OCD. Yes. So I, uh, it, and, it's, and especially when I was living with you, and it had been apparent because I lived with another friend. Yeah, um, she'd had someone who'd gone through. She'd very, had yeah. very difficult times. And um, I, uh, I couldn't bear that I couldn't fix it. Yeah, yeah. I couldn't bear it. And I felt it was all on me to do it. And I couldn't, I didn't know how. And I also wasn't living well myself. Yeah. Uh, and I think what you and talk, and hearing about Chris and you describing everything you've just described and how you know and these um, how brutal mental illness can be and that actually uh, never just not underestimating your presence with someone full of love and you know and that that if you see people struggling and they come to you struggling like to go right talk away and I'm here for you and uh and I'm going to be there for you as you grow through it. And, you know, and that is all so possible. And, mm. yeah, and, uh, and you know, oh, like, never underestimating the time you've had. If, you know, I, and I have friends who have, have lost people um, through it as well and just, you know, having to hold on. Whoa! Sorry, oh, Christmas that's, decorations. That's the Falling, of Christmas trying to lighten the, trying to not lighten the mood. That's a weird phrase, <laughs> but as in like, uh, yeah, and just um, knowing the power and the joy um, that human connection can have in the darkest times. So no matter what people are going through, mm. you know that exists. So well, I'm people, rambling. no, no, not at all. But people, I think realizing that people are around and like, yeah, because illness can make you think they're not, and it can make yeah, you think, and and they yeah. can think that they're not. But I tell you, I'll yeah. tell you, I'll tell you one thing about yeah. when I went home. You know, my family, you know, they've been through a previous thing with my dad, but yeah. this was a bit different. That I, you know, but I, I do want to. Say before I go into this attitude that I went home to recuperate, see my family, yeah. and also to start taking medication in a safe in a way, safe yeah. way. And actually, not you know what? I, I I'm not down on antidepressants. Yeah. I they really helped me. What they Fantastic. helped me to do was to get me to a level where I could function again. And I've had very similar. And that's all it people. does. It doesn't make you don't wake up one morning going ah oh, zippity doo da. <laughs> um, yeah. But you you do gradually then think oh well things. All this catastrophizing yeah. isn't quite as bad as I thought it was, and also yeah. the fact that I went back and my girlfriend Felicity came and yeah. and was just wonderful, and 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 I, you know that was tough for her because I had to tell some truths about what I was thinking about stuff, and I that's know. hard to listen to because yeah. uh, not all the stuff I was coming out with was all effusive, lo- lovey-dovey stuff. It yeah. was like, well, this, this, and this. I feel like this about you, and you, you know, and yeah. it was, but I just had to get it out. It was like a kind of a what do you call it? cleansing. Yeah. If you will. And you've got to and you've got to trust that human brains like you know n- n- like they'll have all gone through all sorts of weird mm. things in their head mm-hmm. as well that mm-hmm. nobody's going to turn around well if they do then then you need to have chats with them about how the brain works <laughs> but you know that is amazing Yeah absolutely. Thing. So I so I did take medication it got me to a level whereby I could then eventually go do CBT. Yeah. Which was very very helpful for me it doesn't work for everyone it was really good for me. Yeah. And now I've not, you know, I've been off, the me- off medication now for about five months. And for me, I've been lucky in that that was an easy thing to come off. Yeah. And it got me back to a level whereby now I put into practice most days what I learned in CBT. Yeah. But I'm now on a level whereby my brain can actually do that in a, in a, in a uh, what's the best word? Instinctive. Can do it in an instinctive and very helpful way. Yeah. You know? So I'm just brain. saying to people, if you've got any fears about medication, mm-hmm. Sometimes, you know, I was lucky the first one I went on was what I needed. Mm. Sometimes it can take a few, you know, a while. 
it's worth putting the time in if you want to get yourself through something that you feel is insurmountable. It can help. That's all I'm saying. About I'm it. taking the time to do it like away from life, life. responsibilities. Don't, yeah, if don't, you, yeah. You if you've got a busy week in London coming up, <laughs> don't, don't do it then, folks. No, it no. won't work. But yeah. if you can in any way afford to go to a safe place, whether it be family, yeah. friends, place, whatever, who are accepting and will make you feel okay. Yeah. I, I recommend it, but I just I can only share what I found, you know. Yeah. So when I went home, my you know my mum was great. She was also quite tough about yeah. it. Sometimes you need a bit of tough love. She got me out the bloody house, you know. It was like, come on, we we are going to go to the retail park, yeah. and you know I'm going to get you a jumper, you know. <laughs> so she gave me an incentive to come out. Yeah, um, as I it turned out, as it turned out, I had a panic attack in the car. I had to turn around, oh. but you know the thought was there. And, and she, what's what step you got in the I car? I got in the car and I, I wasn't, you know, I managed to get somewhere and then come back. So it was, it was, it was all right. And eventually, then eventually that stuff becomes easier and it's all mm. fine, you know. Mm. And my brother, um, I want to say this because my brother texted me the other day. Yeah. And he said to me, I'm sorry that I wasn't any help when you were going through your thing. And I hope you're having a great time. I was just away recently. And I thought, God, yeah, I didn't tell him. I didn't tell him that actually he was, he was really helpful, but in, in, in his own way. Like, he didn't really understand what I was going through. And who does? Because if you don't get it, <laughs> how are other people going to get yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think he was a little bit freaked out at first because it reminds him probably of my dad and what happened there because he was only 15 when that happened and, you know, he's very young. <laughs> and when my brain was working a bit better... And Flick was still staying with us. Um, we would do this thing every night, but all my brain could sort of could do kind of um, that was active. Really, was we used to do this. We had this bumper book of crosswords. Sounds ridiculous, but we had. I'd had this book since about nineteen ninety seven or something, and not, not. I don't know who got. I don't know who got it as a present. I mean, it's a pretty shit present. But well, and it was. It just been well, exactly. So yeah. it had been there for over what we like twenty years. It was That's kind amazing. of almost there, and no one had done anything with it. Oh my god! It even had the kind of the sun bleaching on it. You know what I mean? Where it obviously been left on a shelf at various points. Yeah. But it come with us from various houses, and it was there. And I thought, well, maybe now I can have a go at this crossword book. So me and Flick every night would maybe do a couple of crosswords. That's so great. But that's what my brain could manage at the time, and it was also for like it's like oh a little work a little workout for my brain as well. It was yeah. good. It was helpful. Yeah. And Liam, my brother, I think he saw that we would do this every night, and instead of kind of um, just going, oh, I'll leave him to it. He wanted. He was like, oh, "Are you doing? A, are you doing a crossword?" I'm like, "Yeah, yeah, oh, crack, crack. Like, yeah, yeah, come in." And he didn't. I don't think even he realised that was his way of being with me. Yeah. Of doing something with yeah, me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of 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 just being offering himself in whatever way that he could. Yeah. And he would never recognise that, but yeah, I recognised yeah. it and I yeah. appreciate it. I didn't tell him. I've told him now. Yeah. After he said, "I'm," so, I don't know what sparked that text, but I, you know, <sighs> I don't think he realised. But people, the smallest things mean a lot. And everybody's so different. Like I can look at my friendship group and know how uniquely everyone responds to situations in their mm. own life and the people around them. Um, and so, yeah, so being able to recognise, um, yeah, making sure people know that um, that they're instinctive things. It might not be traditionally what's said on the tin. And actually, unfortunately, sometimes it is said on the tin. You know, oh my gosh, you've got to you've got to fix them and da da da. Like that. Yeah. Actually, that that is not. What you've got to do is um, is be there, and yeah, and that's that's amazing of your brother, and 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 proof that it lives on, 
in everyone's minds and has probably hopefully had a positive ripple effect in him uh you know being conscientious to check in with himself how's he feeling today mm, how's mm. he feeling the next day has it changed yeah you know well good news about liam is is that he's yeah. nothing like me he's <laughs> remark remarkably okay. chilled out and uh very he knows what side his bread's buttered that lad he's got a good sense of himself and i think if he ever did get into any hot water emotionally i think he would know well, he knows that I'm always here. Absolutely. And I think he would know who to turn to if he needed to. But I think he'd be all right. Yeah. yeah. And um, with uh, creativity and what you do, um, is that... Because uh, obviously these things affect us professionally and personally. Um, uh, but with it, obviously you've picked the crosswords as well. Were there other things? Or still to this day, if you're having a bit of a day where you're going, oh... Yeah, I'm feeling really low again, or yeah. oh, really, really worried. Uh, what do you gravitate to to uh, kind of bring you out of that? Uh, I think what I—it's a sense of like, it's that thing they talk about. I guess it's called mindfulness, mm-hmm. but it's—I don't think I've ever actively practiced my. I think mindfulness kind of comes part of CBT stuff, and yeah. also part of just kind of going right. Where are you? Yeah, your 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 gut wants your, you to yes. explore mindfulness before you even know what it is. Absolutely. So it's like, where am I? I'm sitting in this rather yeah. nice flat and I'm okay yeah. and you know what no one's after me and yeah okay so you just had a bit of a panic about looking at your bank account well alright well look you've got this thing coming up you've got that thing going there maybe just forego the occasional shandy and you'll be <laughs> and I'm not saying it's as easy as that because yeah, I've come yeah, through sometimes yeah. when I had a bit of a, a slight relapse about a month after um, feeling a lot better yeah uh, and I still have nights where maybe I don't sleep mm. as well but now what I do, instead of getting... I used to get really panicked. I used to go, ooh, it's happening again, it's happening again. The reaction is that, worse that, than that the thing. that tension. Yeah, and then, yeah. of course, you're never going to sleep then. Yeah. So now I go, okay, I might not sleep tonight. Mm. That's a possibility. Is it going to overly affect you? Well, you're going to be tired tomorrow. You've got this thing to do. That's a bit annoying. But generally, you could function for a day without sleep. Mm. And then when I tell myself that it's okay and I accept that I'm not going to sleep, often I'll sleep. Mm. Or I'll talk. I have to, it's an active talking myself through stuff in a helpful way, as if Being I was a, a carer for yourself. myself. And that comes up so much as well. You think if you think the distance from when you kind of the, oh hello doorbell, oh. someone new for the someone, podcast must be one of Kat, my, uh, writer and director extraordinaire Kat Armitage, Who will my be on flatmate. The podcast soon. Yes, um, has had endless Christmas things come through. She's very oh, very organised in an annoying to be way. Like that. I know. Do you think maybe we should be a PA for our Christmases. She could I, might, just... I might appoint her. You yeah. should. You're right here. Absolutely. Um, Do you tell me to start off? Saying, what are you saying? Oh my God, December brain. We were saying... <laughs> we'll cut this out, folks. We were saying... No, we might not. Might not. Uh, Try to make noise till it happens. Um, you're talking about um, my, oh, uh, you being a friend to yourself and uh, the, yeah. the distance between the neg- this world of negativity you were telling me about and that now you're at the stage where uh, and we, uh, that it can come again we can have those voices and go, yeah. but instead you're turning to them and with uh, I guess with compassion and, and yeah and, and learning this relationship with yourself mm. and going uh, I I I treat people around me in a good way. I need to do that to myself in a good way. Well, yeah, my natural instinct is still to kick 10 cans of shit out of myself. Absolutely. Uh, That's the natural thing. And then if you don't catch it, you don't catch it, then you'll just do it. Then before you know it, you've really got yourself into a slump and you just go, oh, that's because I've just spent the past half an hour saying to myself, you're a fucking idiot. And yeah, 
I, especially in my worst sense, I look around at everyone around me and and think there's no way not any of them are doing that but me. Oh and yeah, so how everyone else seems that? so positive. Why yeah. why they're sort of taking everything in their stride and I'm the one. And then you're, you know, that's a lot of nonsense as well because they've also got those voices. Because everyone's got those voices. Even people. I mean, it's not, it's not a new thing. I mean, thankfully, there's been so much out there recently about different experiences of mental health. I think there's been a real trajectory in the past ten years. I think since Stephen Fry did that documentary about depression, all those documentaries about depression, and then you know, lots of people in the media have come out and talked about it. You know, it's no longer this designer. Uh, disease as it was thought of you know it's only oh, oh what have you got to be depressed about you're just depressed for the sake of was actually yeah. time immemorial people have had depression people have yeah, had anxiety yeah, yeah. and it might have I think it's increased in the past few years because of the society we live in now yeah and, yeah. and the the readiness and availability of uh, this now this now this now yeah instead yeah, of just yeah. going well, actually no I'm going to turn this off yeah and read a book wrong. listen to some classical music or do you know whatever it is to, yeah. to, to chill the mind out yes and I know this is true of a lot of industries but we are people who work within the arts so yeah. we know it's prevalent particularly in the south of this fast-paced lifestyle got to be doing something got to be doing something if i'm not mm. writing i want to be directing if not directing got to be acting mm. not acting got to be speaking to someone about directing writing yeah. no, no, no. <laughs> so you, there's all this pressure you're putting yourself to they not and attention. i'm you know and I, yeah and i beat myself senselessly about you know don't be lazy don't be lazy get up oh. get up before 10 for christ's sake you lazy shit do it and then when you then allow yourself to breathe you go oh this is much nicer <laughs> This is a much nicer way to live. I can actually get more work done if I totally. breathe. Everything about me, yeah, it feels... Me like rushing that. into something. Yeah. I'll forget things. I forget ideas I've had. I'll um, then be annoyed because I've forgotten them. And now I'll, get, uh, I'll be annoyed at myself. And yeah. then I'll be annoyed at someone else. And then that doorbell will go again. I'll be annoyed at them and I haven't yeah. met them yet. Yeah, and, yeah. you know, then it's, you know, anger is still very much in me and stuff. So th- th- there's kind of, I've got to watch that, but there's a lot of, anger turned inward okay yeah, so yeah, yeah. it's yeah it's well, well you talk a lot about acceptance i think mm. and i think uh, i i there's a meditation app i use called insight timer which oh, is yeah. great yeah plug that <laughs> it's free um uh, you can do online courses with it as well um but there's one called like honoring your rhythms and cycles and i think that you know especially in the arts industry of kind of feeling like you have to like jump on the train and always be on the train never get off the train keep and moving then, yeah keep moving on your diet like that film speed yeah oh my gosh you i haven't drop actually below. seen that have you ever seen it no. well if you drop below a certain speed you might just explode or something no. you know, that's the kind of the, the feeling of and it. you know and there are times in a professional life where um you know that that can be okay and, and, and again your reaction to it is the key it's mm. like if, if you're stressing about it, then that is if you can kind of like live in it in a way that, you know, you're sharing with people and all that stuff. But yeah, exactly what you said going, actually, it's not working for me right now. I need I need to, st- to breathe and stop and do something completely different, um, which leads me on to um, a question about do you. So we're so lucky. And well, it's again, to, you know, Kat um, has employed us both uh, during uh, difficult times, whether she's been aware of it or not. Absolutely, um, yeah. And she, uh, so... And because we work with some, uh, our main employer in in that company is so honest and open about mental health. Yes. You know, in terms of being able to talk about it at work, uh, yeah. I feel. And we've explored issues, um, those issues through the plays that we've done. You know? I know. What a, um, yeah, what taking a, classics like Dracula mm. and being able to actually, you know, look at Renfield and go, well, this is not just like a mad person who eats bugs. This 
person is not very well. Yeah. And all, you know, and, and the kind of the, the limitations of medicine back then. And then going into that for mental health that's to do with sexuality and, mm. uh, you know, and how that can affect mental health, people not coming out or not feeling comfortable. Yeah, yeah, And yeah. all, you know, it's all, there's a lot of links that we've been able to explore through Kat and the work that she's I done. I And such a spectrum. And yeah, and even then again, even more in Frankenstein became Oh God, so, he did Frankenstein, which is fantastic, yeah. Yeah, like so dense, full of this. Um, but in terms of just being, even just the actor that comes in, to work day to day mm. like uh, knowing that I can come to work and I can maybe text Kat on my way or say in the morning just go um, I've had a re- I've had an anxiety blip I, I'm feeling a bit all over the place um, I just want you to know um, I might be extra sensitive about certain things and stuff do you so yeah I feel hugely grateful that that has now eked into everything I do yes um, and do you do you feel um, you know the arts industry is getting better at that being just a general concept that can come up and do you feel confident and comfortable talking about it with your peers and your employers specifically yeah I, I do within the arts definitely cool I, I think that it's so prevalent and so talked about by people who are within um, the creative industries, whether it's actors, directors, painters, mm. writers, uh, you know, all, all, of, all of those wonderful things that lead to people having a hard time mentally mm. somehow. Because there's a creativity that's linked to, 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 you know, mental health and there's a... The, well, in the, the fragile lifestyle you were t- you were discussing at the beginning of yes. this kind of like when is the next thing? When's the next thing coming? And it's yeah. you know it's 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 dotting about. But as we know, even the ones who don't have to worry about that still have it. They, well, they still yeah, get they it. Do. Um, yeah. So I, I I do in terms of employers within the theatrical world, I feel very confident talking about such things. Cool. I don't know if I would want to if I was going for what might call you know a normal job for a bit. I don't know if I'd disclose that information. Interesting. Yeah, and and we have to funny, be really honest about that. And I've I've had different reactions from everybody. Um, yeah, uh, and uh, yeah, it's it. Well, yeah, and it's interesting. Sometimes it pops up on forms now, hmm. and I you and I even now like as someone who. I, yeah, again, like I'm doing this freaking podcast. For God's sake, like I, I'm fine. We're talking about yes. it, but um, I go, oh, uh, do I need to bring it up now? Like, do I need to like? Do, when it do I slip this a one label. in? Yeah, yeah. I did. I don't know. It's funny because some people are very honest, even about things which are considered to be, I guess. God, what do you say? Less desirable the mental health. Um, I remember a, a, a friend of mine I worked with um, who was uh, well. He's a recovering alcoholic, and he said he went into an interview for a job, and he's more civilian type job, mm. um, but quite a high up position. And the apparently, and the, the guy interviewing him, who was at the owner of the company, said, "Is there anything else you want me to know?" He could have kept quiet because he, he'd been sober two years yeah. and uh, could have just gone, yeah, fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He said, well, I don't know if this makes any difference, but I want to let you know that I'm a recovering alcoholic. I'm two years sober. Yeah. And apparently, for the first time in the interview, the bloke leaned over to him and went, well, do you know that makes you more trustworthy than any of the people I've employed elsewhere in this business? That's amazing. Thank you for letting me know. That's amazing. Oh, that might be a unique example. I mean, that. that might be unique. I, ho- I hope it's not that unique, yeah. but it might be. I don't know. But I heard that and thought, wow. Yeah. That's great. You know, so if he can do that, then sure, I can say, you know what? I had a severe bout of anxiety yeah. mixed with, a, you know, a soup song depression for yeah. a while. And it was pretty awful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've been through it. It may come back. I yeah. don't know. But right now I feel strong and I feel ready yeah, to go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Don't know. I know. Would I do that? I don't know. Yeah, and well, and hopefully because it is so prevalent that you know, I think this is a ruby wax thing as well. Yeah, and royal family have come come forward saying they've had problems. Oh my gosh! You know, yeah, it's it's... it's four in four, really, because it it can be in it can be it's such a wide spectrum, and I think Mm. yeah. So hopefully, no, but ruby wax is fantastic. She's been really, really put herself out there and that's helped and, you in terms of your oh massively yeah. I've, I've watched a lot of a lot. you know I mean I knew I used to quite like her when I was a kid she was the show she that I wasn't allowed to watch I used to impersonate her when I was a did kid did you? Yeah. could you vote for it now? I loved her oh I can't wait <laughs> I'll be, I'm being no, cool, I'll, maybe I'll do a little clip do at, at the, the end, end. you can interview you should have just interviewed me as Ruby I know Oh my god! Um, but yes, yeah, so I used to watch. I used to quite like her Frank interviewing style when I was younger. Yes, but now she's yeah. had this whole other renaissance, which is not really in the arts. She's a sort of mental health campaigner. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And she went and studied the brain in Oxford University. Yeah. So I mean, I think she's incredible. Yeah. And what she's done and what she puts out there every day on Twitter and the mm. book she's written, which I need to read more of. Yeah. Um, I think is incredibly helpful. And that it, you can do anything you mm. want to do it's yeah. like, I think I, my brother's made a film actually about um, uh, Emily a poet who has bipolar yeah. and she just says this line in the middle of it and she's like uh, oh I think she was going to be she wanted to be a teacher mm. and she said to someone do you know any teachers with bipolar mm-hmm. and uh, this teacher said to her well I don't know any but it doesn't mean that they're not there um, and she went, uh, well, yeah, do you know what? Like, if people think I can't do it, I'm going to be a teacher and I'm going to tell everybody I have bipolar so that people know that you can do, you know, it's not an obstruction. It's, uh, it's a, uh, you know, it's learning how to, um, how to cope and calm these kind of, yeah, these moments in your head. And that's it. Rather like when I said earlier on about um, you never get over it. Mm. That's not a death sentence. God no. That it, it's it's you you find a way to manage and cope, and actually yeah. you can still have a greatly. I think um, I read a nice tweet from you know Luke Barnes. Yeah, I think he's been what mentioned a before legend. on this. I yeah. would love to have him on this podcast. Yeah, no, yeah. he's lovely, Luke. I've, I've only met him once, but yeah. um, he's very nice, and he he tweets a lot about a lot, um, yeah. mental health. And I think yeah. he said something like, "Yeah, you know what? It's going to be shit for a while, mm. and it may even be shit again. But I tell you something: you'll fall in love." You'll eat a curry, yeah. you know. You'll 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 find a way to have a great life, yeah. And that's what people, I hope, can hang on to in the desperate moments. Is that totally this this too shall this pass. too shall pass. Yeah. I think you said that. I think I feel like you said that at the time. Maybe I don't know. Mm. Yeah, oh, I might have said all things must yeah. pass, which is a George Harrison album and song, oh, which is great. But um, yes, yeah. either way, I think he had the same philosophy didn't they and not beating your you know some sometimes these can you know if you're a warrior uh, uh, you know you care like as in like you know there are like, oh yeah if, you, if you're worrying it doesn't mean that you that's the thing you see you beat yourself up for it but if you're worrying about something it means you care it doesn't yeah. mean that you're a bastard <laughs> i'm really worried about this oh you bastard no one's gonna say yeah. you're worried about me how dare you you know, it's good that you care. Yeah. It's good that you love. And it's all good that that these things, if you are honest about educating someone else about how your brain works, you are helping them to then respond to any spectrum of anything they meet in the world. Oh, how interesting. And, I, you know, that that reminds me of, you know, things like autism as well. Like, yes, that, that is yeah. such a wide spectrum. How people process the world, how people feel comfortable going through the world. Mm-hmm. And I just think if we get much better at meeting the individual and going, right, what do you need in a moment? How are you... And and is it getting to a point with mental health? Is it getting to a point where you are stopping functioning? Where, you know... And then how can we bring you back? Well, the good news 
is boys and girls is that this stuff is evolving and and, yes. and being and being looked at all the time now yes. so now we are we are onto something like we're onto something with with sexism chats uh, in yes. within the arts and other and within every profession gender actually. we were talking about gender, gender earlier there, I mean, it's, it almost feels like this year, actually, there's been an explosion of like awareness yes. about lots of things which we've all known about. But you go, Christ, why haven't we talked about this? Why haven't we talking about it? Why haven't we talking about sexual harassment? Why has yeah. this not been a thing? Yeah. Why have we all known about it and not till now gone? But like, I can't, you know, I've, I've, I think I've seen bits of it happen and just thought... Oh, right, that's just how it is. No, it's not just how it is. That doesn't have to be how it is. And now we're finally talking about it. Mm-hmm. People are finally pointing the finger going, that's wrong, that mm-hmm. shouldn't be happening, and you Wake need to up. be held accountable for your behaviour. So I mean, mental health is the same thing, where people are going, you don't have to suffer. Mm-hmm. This, is, this is, it's like the, the slogan, it's okay not to be okay. Yeah. Don't try and, who are you being strong for? Or thinking what the idea of strong is. Talk to someone. Vulnerability, vulnerability is, is incredibly strong. So, oh, vulnerability! Like that, you, oh, you've put it so brilliantly. What have you got coming up next, JP? In in nothing. Life? It's a lie. You've just done <laughs> a project that we're not allowed to talk about. Um, well, I don't. I don't know how secret it is. Actually, I think it was, I don't think it's that that big. But it's my first bit of telly, <laughs> which is nice. Um, yeah, it's only taken. 10 years but um, no, I, I'm, I'm very appreciative it was, it was something that came up and it's to do with a national treasure a music hero who is very popular at the minute whoop, whoop, whoop. that's all I can, think I can say about it for I now know. but I'll tweet about it when I, when I know what's going on that's with it fantastic. but um, yeah playing a key figure in that, that person's life yeah yeah and hopefully I've made the cut uh, yes <laughs> That would be. We'll have a campaign if anything were to go awry in that. Bat. Yeah, oh, no, yeah. you're too much of a you'd key figure. Up, you'd be backed up by about three people. No, uh, but, well, but, maybe the person themselves. Oh, like, where's maybe. this person in my I life? I don't even know where they live anymore. That person. But um, did you have a great time? I had a lovely time. Yeah, it was really yeah. nice. It was very nice. Very different from, from doing theatre. Of course, it's a less. It's a less kind of family thing. Yeah. But I quite like this sort of thing. You get in there, get in the makeup. Yeah. Right? You prepare a bit. Well, actually, you prepare a lot. I was waiting around for a long time. Yeah. But then you get in yeah. there, you do your thing, and it could be two hours, it could be half an hour. I did two scenes. One of them, which is very exciting, full of drugs and drinking and exciting things. Yeah. And the other one was far more sort of sedate, kind of um, a sort of character scene, really. But no, it was really, really fun to do. I really enjoyed it. Everyone was lovely, who yeah. I worked with. And um, yeah, I like, I like, I like. Doing film work, I'd like to do some more. Yeah. Do you hint, write? Hint. Do you write, Dopey? I have written. Yeah. Yeah. Not very good things, but I've, no, I've, I've written really, bits and pieces. Because you are you you um uh such a gifted comedian and dramatic actor, and I'm especially those sorts of artists. I'm always interested to hear what you've got. To do you say. know what the trouble is, Jen? Yeah. Is I read too much uh, real life. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm a voracious reader of uh, autobiographies, biographies, okay. histories. But that means you're soaking up the world in a yes. way that is essential for stories. So if I was to write something, I think I'd probably have to choose something real. You'd adapt I don't know if it, I, yeah, maybe. I'd have to adapt something, or I think yeah. I'd have to choose something that, or someone could tell me their personal story, and then I can maybe work it into something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't think I've quite got the gifted imagination of some of these wonderful writers that um, create these, you know, these story like interweaving storylines and flights of fancy and things, you know. Stories. We need all true, stories. True, very true. But yeah. I mean, I, you know, I'm never going to do the Sopranos, which is like the highest accolade. The one well, that accolade, the highest 
I think I think the best writing I think I've ever yeah, yeah, yeah. witnessed turned into television. Yeah. So I, that to be benchmark, then um, I think maybe I'll do something different. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's all it's all to be, and I think the thing I remember you and I actually having a conversation about our different worries, and you said to me at the time might mm. be different now but my worries become very much about the future and yes. I said to you my worries are all about the past about the past yeah. yeah I remember saying that so, yeah. um, so I think uh, the, the, my advice and what helps me a lot all the time in terms of future is that like it, this blissful fact that anything can happen at any time and it's like that kind of um, every day is yours for the making do you know what I mean so uh, and yeah I'd say forget about the future and learn from the past would you? Yeah. Yeah, but give you see, and that's why I've now had to learn to accept regret, mistakes, uh, you know, all these things, and and go like learn from them. They're, yeah. they're, they're a tool. They're a gift. Failure and everything is the biggest gift in the world. I've just read yeah. a massive book about it, and God, it's, yeah, yeah, absolutely, yeah, yeah. 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 What they used to call it when I was at drama school: take the fuck it pill. Take the fuck it pill. Honestly. I've never heard it. I know. Like it's, that. I mean, it's it's pretty. Uh, wanky but that but the the sentiment behind it is 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 good yeah, yeah. uh which is yeah fail basically yeah learn yeah. to fail. Fail, fail and that's within within acting is is, is the best you can do because if you're trying to be the best all the time then you're gonna oh, give God. yourself a real nightmare fail again fail, fail better. exactly so the, the idea of forgetting about the future and learning from the past is that hopefully that brings you into the present absolutely and that's where we want to live mm. for sure jp Thank you so much. Thank you, Jen. That Honestly, was really enjoyable. I thank you uh, from a professional perspective. I always love working with you. I hope we get to work together again. Really I hope do, I get yeah. to kill you on stage again. Oh, yes. <laughs> Dracula. That's right. So I killed you. you got to kill me next time. Yeah, yeah. No, I killed you. Oh, we killed each other. We, yeah, you killed me. Yeah, yeah I staked you. Oh no, I didn't kill you. Yeah, I just, no. I just more, sorry, mate, no, I, you did not kill me. No, I didn't kill you, you right? No, look at, me, look, at my, look at my arrogance. Uh, no, <laughs> no, you killed I me very much spectacularly, you. actually. Um, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, and um, and thank you for your friendship. It oh, means the you. world. Uh, I'm so I I tend to gravitate away from the word proud because it suggests this kind of like ownership. Of it, but I am so proud of the way you, like you've. You you just latched onto life and uh, and you you bring light to everyone you know. As well, that's a, quite kind. Of, I want to say that the, the same to you. And also, I think everyone needs to know how wonderful you are. And uh, <laughs> this is a very very important thing you're doing. Oh, thank you. Well, I feel it's giving me a lot of help doing it. So, um, I, and I hope it is for you. Definitely, and it's been really cathartic. I know it. Oh, should we have a drink? It's here. <laughs> we get the sherry out. We get the sherry out. Thank you. Thank you very much. Bye. Bye. Thank you so much, JP. Woo! I loved chatting with you. And uh, if you want to follow JP's work, you can online. His Twitter handle is at JP uh, Rowden. J-P-R-O-W-D-E-N. And do check out his work. And very exciting uh, for his uh, TV episode that will be coming out shortly. And we'll find out more about that. Uh, if you've been affected by anything that we've talked about today on our episode there are a list of help and support lines on our show notes on every episode uh, so do check those out if you feel you need some support thank you everyone look after yourselves have a good week and we'll be back next week Mm -hmm.